Yeah. We are back at it again, folks. And this time, it's going to be a little bit special. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the Kneel Upon Stomach Podcast. (laughs) We are your host, John. And Brandon. And not Nathan. Not Nathan. Or anybody else. It's just that we're just going to be a duo. We're running duos today. We need to come up with like like a more, a different name for the two of us. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I thought Neil upon stomach was pretty funny. I like it. It's, it's a normal. good, it's a good little thing. So, but yeah, we're gonna get into you know we had some fights last night. We have some fights coming up. Mm-hmm. Pretty quick episode. We don't have nothing crazy going on, but we're here. We're still here to talk to you guys and figure out what's going on. So, right. as I soft cut this, per Nathan's request, make sure it's slow. Yeah, we're gonna do our uh, housekeeping too in the beginning. Make sure yeah. we get that out of the way. Let's uh first things first. Um, we were met with a surprise via a note from Nathan. Oh yeah, go ahead and read that out loud. Upon this is equipment. a direct quote, I suppose. I mean, to be fair, he didn't he didn't sign it, but we're pretty sure this was him, right? Yeah. How's the handwriting on that? Pretty terrible, and yeah. the spelling's pretty bad. I'll get. And this is what it says: You both suck, knocking futs, mm. and U C K I N G F U T S. And the U and the Y on the U. Can you just can you just Ooh. talk about that for yeah, a second? Yeah, that's it's like two <laughs> two sticks picked up out the yard. Yeah, it's kind of a why. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah so that's how he feels about us. So yeah. that's always fun. Really, it really motivates me to do a good episode. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, we're definitely going to talk about anime a little bit today. So That's fine. I'm okay with that. So how you been? How, how was your week? Well, week was good. The weekend was even busier. Um, so my birthday was Friday. So we went out, me and my brothers went out and we ended up getting Qdoba because we wanted to go to that Ford's garage in Noblesville. It was like an hour and a half ways. So we were like, eh, we're just going to jump over to Qdoba real quick. Nice. Um, that was all right. And then we did the seminar and Fisher's yesterday. Mm. Um, Jiu-Jitsu seminar put on by James Micus. It was a Cool little seminar. Did some back stuff. It was free. They ordered in Panera. It was pretty awesome, man. It was good time. Good. Is it Panera or Chipotle? I it was. It was supposed to be Chipotle, and then they, uh, they switched it to Panera last minute. Ooh, can you imagine showing up thinking, "Oh, I'm here for the Chipotle," <laughs> and then you get a soup and salad? Or I wasn't bad about it, man. Because by the time you're done rolling for an hour and a half and techniques, like Chipotle's not. I mean, I could have ate it, but the sandwiches and chips and stuff that right. was a little easier. But um. So I actually had got I have a little bit of a story. Yeah, let's hear about um, your journey. I thought this would be it's too bad Nate's not here because he would love to make fun of this. So yeah. you guys know I use a flip phone. Unfortunately. Right? Yeah, this is not this is fairly common knowledge at this point. So the plan originally was for me to drive with Chase. Okay. Mm-hmm. Chase was gonna go, he's never been to a seminar. Five minutes before we're supposed to leave, Chase lets me know he can't make it because he doesn't have anybody to watch his kid. Backs out. All right. Fair enough. I have a plan B in terms of directions because I bought a GPS a while ago, right? Nice. Like normal purchase, right? Mm -hmm. So I get like a $50 GPS a few months ago. Works fine. So I got that going. About halfway to Fisher's, it dies. Like completely dead. Like the and batteries die? It, yeah, or? like I, I, it was fully charged. I charged the night before. I had four bars, and then halfway through, it's like critical battery. Please recharge. And I was like, well, shit, because it doesn't have like a like the power converter oh, charger. Did. Yep, or? yep. Didn't bring it though, because oh, why would I with yeah. a full battery, right? Yeah, flip phone, so, full battery. Yep, yeah. So, so I wrote down the directions. Got to Fisher's, fine, no problem. Here was where the problem came into play. Mm-hmm. It was on the way home. Right, because mm. I didn't have any. I didn't write down directions to get home. You got to do the reverse. Yeah, it's like MapQuest. So I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna go north down 37, and I'm gonna make it to you know 38, and try to find my way to 31. Right, pretty standard. Mm-hmm. Go down 37 for a bit, find 38, make a right, which means I'm headed east mm-hmm. at this point, the opposite direction of 31. 
Yeah. Didn't realize that for mm -hmm. about 20 minutes. Next thing you know, you're in Louisville. Yeah, next thing I know, I'm like really far away and I'm hitting like Clarksville, Indiana. I'm like, Ooh. this is bad. <laughs> so gas hit, prices aren't low. Yeah, man. hit a UE and then realizing like I was on the other side of 30. Yeah, so I went about 30 minutes out of my way, mm. got back on a 31. It was all good, got home. But it was definitely a detour, and it was 110% a result of me having a flip phone and yeah, not having no, a smartphone. I mean, you also could have pulled over at, like, a, a gas station and asked. I did pull over to gas station because I needed gas, and it was kind of funny, too, because I was like, I'm just going to get a map because I feel like that's a reasonable thing to have, right? You would, you would try to read a map. So so then I – oh, do you know how to read a map? Yeah, I mean – Well, you, so most people think they do, but then when you make them navigate themselves with a map, it's actually a little harder – but anyway, I get to this gas station. I'm like, hey, do you guys have a map? And this kid, literally a kid, probably 17 years old, looks at me and he goes, a map? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, a map of, in do you have a map of Indiana? He's like, a map of Indiana? Like, he's so confused. Right. Like, he's never been asked for anybody. Ever, nobody's ever asked him if he's got a map. And he's like, let me go ask. So he goes and asks his manager and they're like, no, we don't have that. And he's like, yeah, I'm sorry. We don't own any sort of map. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. But yeah, so that didn't work out. But yeah, you know, the move would have been. Hey, 17-year-old kid, could you pull up your phone and type in Kokomo from your current location and just tell me the first couple streets? I could probably make it after that. Yeah. Well, by the time I got there, I knew where I was at. But it was just like, it would have been a little easier if I had a map because then I could just looked at it. I'm like, oh, I should have zigged when I when I zagged here. Mm -hmm. So, But yeah. Yeah. I guess at this point, what you've learned is now you need to start printing out MapQuest. Like, probably. The yeah. only problem with that, though, is construction. Yeah. That was part of the problem on the way there. I had to take a little detour. Yeah. I mean... I mean, I mean, you deserve it. I do. You made choices, and this is what you have to live with. And I feel like it's good for you. Yeah. You know, it's good for you to have to kind of dig deep there. Financially, maybe mm. not as much. Yeah, I mean, the gas kind of sucks. And did Abby believe you? Believe me what? Why were you gone way longer? Oh, yeah, 100%. Okay. Like, she, well, like, she kind of saw it coming, probably. She probably, like... I like rolls her eyes and scoffs a little bit at yeah. your flip phone. Anyway, yes, so. literally. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Well, <laughs> my week wasn't nearly as exciting. No, uh, I got forced Saturday. That sucks. It was hot. Um, which day shift is kind of cool because in the morning it, it's really cool and it's probably one of the cooler parts of the day. But then by about 11 to noon, everything just jumps 20, 30, 40, 50 degrees. Yeah, it's terrible. The air gets real thick. The only positive, I don't have to wear a mask now. Mm. So last year that was rough because imagine you don't want to breathe this air anyways. It's hard because it's thick and gross, but then you can't really because you're wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. So it's like cardio training against your will. Training in altitude yeah. almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's It was rough, but you know, I had a, a better, I had some time off of work like last week and stuff and did a lot more. So nice. I'm not necessarily mad. I heard you uh, jumped into some roles last week. Yeah, I got, um, you know, Bryce. Oh, that's a rough first role. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> I, I want to help him. Yeah. And he, uh, he helps me. I mean, I still have um, pretty, a, a lot of my game is pretty much still the same. I just need to get back to some of the muscle memory of it, but it didn't feel too bad. I just know I cover a lot of mat when I roll because if I reverse somebody, we probably go a good four or five feet in a different direction mm -hmm. or – or if they're trying to get out from under me, they usually go pretty hard. And now we're, I don't know. I feel like the class sizes have definitely adjusted since we've been in a smaller space. Yeah. So once we get to the new one, it'll probably open up some more. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely like that. But it was, it was nice getting back into it. I found I'd misplaced some of my rash guards, which was kind of freaking me out because that's a big, I mean, we don't have that right. Now you're looking for an old one. You need your <laughs> shirt to tuck in under it. So, yeah. But overall, not too bad of a week. But we got um, something we need these fans to do. Let's hear it. 
We need them to get on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Get on there. Give us a review. Leave us five stars. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said last week, if you didn't pay attention to that, you can do it on Spotify even. It's new. new I don't edition. think that, I don't know if they have a review. I know they have five star. I think you might be able to leave a little something. I don't know. But that helps us out so much. We've seen so much growth since we've got a couple um, five star reviews in from that. And then who knows what happens from Spotify. Maybe that can boost us even more. So it's a whole other platform. So. It, it puts us in, in front of people and they're suggested and things like that. Also on Instagram, Neon Belly Podcast. You know, we put up videos. We. Mm-hmm you know, have healthy debates in our comment section. <laughs> um, you can send us messages with questions. You've covered some of your facts. Don't care about your feelings via suggestions mm-hmm. in the messages. Yeah. So I like that stuff. All those things are important, but that's what we need you guys to do. It helps us out a lot, but now we need to get into what happened last night. It was submission night. It's what yeah. it was last night. Some of, uh, some very impressive, not uh, rare, even you would say. Yeah, you don't see him a lot. You, I, I can't tell you the last time I've seen either one of those in a long well, time. Well, one, so I guess we'll just jump right into it. So as we're going to cover the co-main and the main mm-hmm. from the last card just because it was, wasn't the biggest card in terms of, you know, star power. Yeah, I mean, we like only that. picked for the main. Yeah, we just picked so. for the main, but I thought the co-main was worth talking about as well. Oh, yeah. Um. So what do you want to start with, main or co-main? Well, let's start with the main. We'll, we'll, we'll start with the big the one that had most implications. Okay. So you had Jessica Andrade and mm-hmm. Amanda Lamouche. Is that right? Lamouche. 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 Okay. And um, pretty much the, the fight started exactly how Nate called it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Lamouche. Lamouche. I just call her Amanda. Amanda, fair enough. <laughs> Amanda was uh, really picking apart Andrade, right? I mean, she was just jabbing. Her leg kicks were really, really nice. Very throwing solid. hard shots. Yes, throwing very hard shots that were kind of unchecked. And the leg kicks especially, man, they were really wobbling Andrade. It was looking rough, okay? Mm-hmm. And then um, Andrade finally gets gets a little bit of a, a blitz going, and she kind of grabs Amanda. And it was this weird... John Wick style head and arm choke that you see on a lot of movies. Yeah, right. No, yeah, it was. Uh, at first, I was like, well, "Why is she? Why isn't she going for something?" You know, you'd think, "Oh, get it to the ground." Yeah, like it's almost looked like a headlock position. You expect her to do a trip or pull guard or almost anything. She could have rock bottomed her. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, she, she could have. Yeah, like completely perfect position for all of those things. But what does she decide to do? She stands there. She stays in that position with the standing head and arm choke and finishes it. Yeah. So what I thought was awesome about this is in the pre-fight, Amanda had talked about how Andrade relied on a lot of strength. And a direct quote from her is, you know, strength's good and everything, but you can't win a fight with strength. Well, (laughs) you can't finish a standing head and arm with strength. If that's not an indication of a lot of strength, um, I don't know what is. Because anyone who's ever rolled or done jujitsu, it's, you know, trying to finish a a head and arm choke from bottom closed guard, for example, a very similar situation is hard to do. I still can't figure them out. You've got to be super short arms, weird shoulders. I could just, I I have a problem finding that sweet spot. But, you know, it seemed like, um, Andrade was trying to go after because she did eat. Um, I mean, she ate three leg kicks, but they were hard. And I think she like caught her foot at one point and she kind of stumbled back, so she kind of rushed a little bit. And Amanda kind of recovered. It looks like she tried to throw a big punch, mm-hmm. and then that's when Andrade ducked under, grabbed that head and arm position. And a couple times it looks like she was going to fall back on it, mm-hmm. and because Amanda was trying to push her and kind of survive, but she stuck with it. And I, at first, I was. I was starting to feel like, man, this might be a mistake. You might burn yourself out. Yeah. Because it didn't look like it was like gonna get finished, but it was controlling. And then kind of toward the end of the round, it kind of just 
you kind of see Amanda fall down a little bit, and then they ended up calling it. Well, Amanda's face. So I, I thought the same thing. Like, when she kind of locked it up, like, uh, you're probably just going to burn your arm out of here. Like, I don't think you're going to get the finish. And then at one an- camera angle, you see Amanda's face, and it was just complete and utter pain. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if this was a, really a choke so much of just a complete neck crank. I, you know, I right. guess we'll never know unless she comes out and talks about it. But you could just tell that was painful. I mean, she looked like she had no answer, and it was just purely painful. Yeah, you know, it's... And Amanda still did, like I said, she looked like she was winning the fight up into then. And mm-hmm. then, yeah. you know, one thing that we talk about with somebody like Andrade and, and some of these other people is that X factor of if something happens and it gets into this situation, the fight turns completely. You know, her fight with Rose is a good example of that. Yeah. Right. I mean, the she slam. just yeah, picked her up and dumped her. And I mean, it won her the fight. I mean, it, that stuff can happen. It's not all the time. It's not common, but it's something you got to, you know, recognize and, and deal with because it's very possible for things like that to happen. Yeah. So now we get, now things get a little bit interesting in the division, obviously, mm-hmm. because, um, you know, Amanda was number 10. Um, Andrade hadn't fought s- since a couple fights, so she's not necessarily even ranked at straw weight. So there's a, there's a couple good fights there. You have Watterson at nine, mm-hmm. um, you know, Tisa's obviously coming off that win over Dern. Nina's at number six. There's a couple good fights there um, for Jessica, but I know she wants to put her name back up in there to the top, and she was ranked very high in um, flyweight too. So, Did Tisha beat Dern and Dern beat Tisha? Oh, Dern beat Tisha. I'm tripping. Yeah. Yeah, so Dern, okay, so, so Dern's sitting at number four. I like I like the Washington fight, actually. Yeah, I would eight mostly just because I don't feel like we've seen Waterson in a little bit. Yeah, she, so. well, she was supposed to fight somebody um, two a couple weeks ago, but she has like some type of injury that might take her like career type of thing. Oh, okay. I can't so. remember exactly what it was, mm. but I mean, you got Amanda Rebus there at eight. I said you got Let's, Nina at six. Here's my thing. Let's not forget that Andrade held the belt. Yeah. Right? So I know she's unranked, and she just but she just came back and beat a number ten. Do you feel like a Dern? Is too is pushing too fast? No, actually, I don't. I, I think that that could be, and because you have Marina there at three who beat Dern, correct? I believe, yeah. Then you have obviously Carla and Rose fighting. You have Whaley at one who's fighting Joanna. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I think I mean Dern's kind of sitting there looking for a partner, and she's already fought Marina. So, I think that could be very exciting, actually. Maybe even like kind of hinting at a number one contender depending on how things shake out yeah i mean if Whaley, it's, it sucks because obviously Whaley's lost twice to rose yeah it's tough to um and if and then marina is the only one she's kind of a new blood and i don't know there there's there's some good matchups i wouldn't mind seeing uh tisha and amanda fighting yeah that'd be a good one um, both coming off of losses that'd be a very exciting one uh two really good strikers so that was our main event man pretty i mean obviously it happened quickly but I mean, you couldn't ask for a crazier finish in no, that one. No, And then in our co-main, that boy Clay Guida. <laughs> I mean, what is he now, like 41, 40, something like that? I think he just turned 40. Just turned 40, and um, he fights Claudio Claudio Pules. Is that what we said? Oh, uh, we heard him. We heard the announcer. We're trying to I'm going to call him Claudio. There we go. Uh, and the fight looks a little back and forthy for a second until it doesn't. <laughs> We see a knee bar finish. Um, 
which I think this guy has like two or three of them. This is his third. Yeah. And it's funny in the post fight, he's like, I don't, I don't want to say that like this is, I don't practice this. It just happens. It's like, well, if you hit three of them, you kind of <laughs> practice it, right? Like if that'd be like saying like OSP doesn't practice the Von flu, like mm, yeah. if you hit four or five, like if you start hitting multiple, it's kind of your thing, but you probably don't want to be known as the knee bar guy because you want to be able to keep hitting them. Well, so this is what was interesting for me. So, so the the knee bar. So what happened was in this fight, I, there was a pretty like John said, pretty back and forth, and then um, Clay it ends up hitting the ground. I'm honestly not remembering how it hit the ground. I think I don't remember. A scramble. I think Clay. Either one of them got a full takedown. Yeah, it wasn't a complete takedown. They ended up on the ground, and it was a basic half guard position. Clay Guido was on top. And um, you had Claudio on the bottom, and man, Claudio just hit this basic. I mean, it wasn't basic; it's a pretty advanced move. But for MMA, I feel like it's a fairly you don't see it a lot because right. the reason you don't is because look at Gary Tonin's last fight. When you start playing around with legs, Ryan Hall, you you yeah, Ryan Hall, you tend to leave yourself open to strikes. However, yeah. if you can get a hold of the leg, most people don't train leg locks at a very high level in mm -hmm. MMA. So this Claudio guy, when he wrapped a hold of uh, Clay's leg, I mean, you can kind of tell because Clay did this kind of forward roll to get out of it, which was the wrong thing to do. Yeah. And um, really just put himself into it deeper. So, you know, shout out to Claudio because it, it that's the third one he's hit. I think he was mm -hmm. the first one to ever have two knee bars. Yeah. That's number three. Yeah, he definitely practices the knee bars. Yeah, um, I mean, there's no way. And from there, man, from that half-court position, I think they're there a lot more than people realize. So I wonder if we start seeing that more. Yeah, um, well, well, it makes it difficult. And um, on Facebook, in one of the sports groups I'm in, somebody's like, oh, man, that was nice. And I said, here's the thing. They're there a lot. Mm -hmm. But if you don't finish them, you get punished. Or, yeah, even whether that's, like, stri strikes to the face or you're just in a terrible position. Yeah. Cause especially with that knee bar. If You know, if you think about it, somebody who's high-level jiu-jitsu, you're almost giving your back up. You're giving up a lot of yeah. things if you don't hit what you're going for. So in MMA, you know, it's all of that and then some because you throw in the strikes, and mm -hmm. that changes the game entirely. That's a couple good wins um, for Claudio. He's beat Jordan Levitt, who is the guy who twerked last week. <laughs> um, now Clay Guida. So hopefully he gets a little bit of a jump in competition. I mean, he looked pretty. He looked really good. 13-2. and two. That's not I bad. I mean, but lightweight is so stacked that it kind of yeah. doesn't matter. You got to beat somebody at this point. Yeah, but this is how you do it. You start making a name for yourself, with yeah. whether it's knee bars or the people we, you beat. Yeah, we had some other good fights. Uh, Macy Barber looked really good, 30-27, um, 10-2 now. Feels like she's finally starting to hit her stride a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, she's aggressive, man. Yeah. I mean, no. the way she throws those shots. There was one moment against the cage where she had thrown, like, two elbows back-to-back, -back, and it was just like, mm -hmm. man, like, she really turns it on. And and De La Rosa is not, like, a, a scrub or nothing. Mm -hmm. She survived those ground. I thought the ground was going to be where she had her chance, and she did have some good attempts. Um, girls are just so hard to submit, man. They're so flexible. Yeah. And, um, it's it's just you see them like just fight through and fight out of some of the craziest stuff. But right. Macy Barber looks really good, man. I think she um, at flyweight she's a really good contender at ten and two. And then her style, like you said, being aggressive, being able to mix it up everywhere, she becomes a really viable option. When she talked about Team Alpha Male really crediting them with a lot of that with mm -hmm. the changes that she's made in her approach, and so it's it's good to see, good to mm -hmm. see it. Then um, Charles Jordan, he won. Um, he won by guillotine. He called out Edson Barbosa. Nice. Um, there's a, there was a couple really good. I mean, not a lot of big names per se, but a lot of finishes. Yeah, a lot of submission finishes. Started too. off with a di disqualification with that mm -hmm. Mike Jackson um, 
he was one and one making his way back um the guy that beat cm punk yeah oh really i thought yeah. he was done done no he came back and won by disqualification i mm. didn't quite see that fight but yeah so you know not a bad one you know a lot of finishes like you said you know you had a lot of submissions a couple uh, three knockouts in a row at the last part of the prelims mm -hmm. so and you know we had a main car that started at nine get over yeah. a little bit quicker can never be yeah. mad about we that. Talk, we talked about this, too. Like, the the cards that tend to be lackluster in terms of star power oftentimes show up in terms of the performances and the fights themselves. And mm -hmm. this card, I think, you know, was just a perfect example of that with, with a lot of the excitement and finishes. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to move into our uh, preview and picks for the next weekend's fights but this is another one of those where you know you do have some big names toward the top but it gets a little bit more um new toward the bottom but some really good chances to see some up-and-comers mm -hmm. um we'll update the scores before we jump into yeah the so currently so uh, nate did not come away with any points he was the only one to mm. pick um amanda yeah sorry amanda so john you came away with two so you have well let me start at um yeah, last place, which is you. Yeah, so you had 17 points. Nice. Uh, now moving up, two points. Nate's still sitting at 21, and then I got one point um, for the winner, so I got 26. Nice. So 17, 21, and 26. Hopefully these pay-per-views get to go on so we can get some more picks because these little one shots aren't really helping anybody unless somebody can pull off a – like I, getting two points is cool, but – until we have like multiple fights where I can get a chance at some threes or some multiple yeah. twos. Well, we got the pay per view in a couple of weeks. So oh yeah, that should help. All right. Well, moving into this next card coming up, um, we got Rob Font fighting Chito Vera. It's a good fight, man. Oh yeah. Um, the ESPN app is being difficult. So Chito Vera. So his last win came against Frankie Edgar, mm -hmm. right? He won in that kind of last minute and ten seconds of the of the uh, fight, I believe. He melted him. Yeah, I mean, and it was a fight. He was kind of looked like he was on the losing end. Frankie and him. I mean, it was very back and forth. You had people on both sides thinking that one was going to come out the winner, but then Marlon threw that kick, and it just like you said, melted Edgar. Um, unfortunate, that's kind of been a staple for Edgar's career as of late, but mm -hmm. nonetheless, that's a really big name for Cheeto. And then before that, um, he had the loss to Aldo, and then before that, he had the wins over O'Malley, and I'm trying to think if it was when before that was. Davy Grant. Um, Davy Grant. So good wins, man. I mean, Cheeto's got some good wins, and he's got some great highlight finishes, too. I encourage mm -hmm. you to go back and watch some of his fights because he's a – gamer i mean yeah. he is a gamer he's fought i mean he's fought some really tough guys i mean the dude has like 18 fights in the ufc i don't know if you know that that's actually quite a bit um he has so many um he's lost to song Dong and jose aldo john lineker like these aren't people that are, i mean a lot of people lose to these guys and the song Dong win is or loss is aging pretty well too if you oh yeah 100 percent. and you know davy grant you know we're all big fans of wavy davy mm -hmm. um Frankie, like we said, he, he looked good in that fight until he didn't, got melted by a knee. Sean O'Malley still doesn't recognize that loss. So um <laughs> everyone else does. Yeah. So. I, I think people sleep sleep on Cheeto a lot, man. Yeah. Um he's he's only getting better. He's starting to get a little bit more um more tools to his tool belt. I felt like he was using those elbows a lot in the Frankie Edgar fight, I remember. Yeah, the Davy fight as well. Yeah. 
he's he's definitely made some uh, upgrades. And then on the other side, you have Rob Font, mm-hmm. who you know was going on a tear until he ran into also a Jose Aldo. <laughs> he won four in a row over Sergio Pettis, Ricky Simone, Marlon Marais, and Cody Garbrandt. It's not a bad four either. Yeah, I mean his only losses before Aldo was a Sunsau, Pedro Munoz, and John Lineker. I mean Once these again. are. Yeah, you're talking about, I mean, John Lineker is a champion in another organization and was a contender. Pedro Munoz has been a contender. Sun Sal has been a contender. Obviously, Aldo's held the bell and, you know, stuff like that. And, um, you know, as, as good as he looked against Cody Garbrandt, uh, you know, Aldo just was a really bad matchup for him, I think, with the boxing and the, you know, his ability to use his leg kicks. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cheeto... He's going to stay right in front of him, too. He's going to try to walk through him. And, you know, Rob does a really good job of using his boxing. Um, that jab, I mean, he he put on a clinic against Cody. I mean, he made Cody look bad. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he bounces back. Um, neither one of these guys, I mean, they can take it to the ground, but they don't usually do it much. I think they average like one takedown a fight. And Cheeto's got some good submission wins, um, but a lot mm-hmm. of those came earlier in his career. Um, right. I think as of late, like you said, he's really kind of been sticking to that leg kick and the elbows have been a big part of his game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, both these guys lost to Aldo recently. I think that's, if you're going to pay attention to any fights, I feel like that's one for each of them to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, the Cheeto fight with Aldo is particularly close if I remember right. And then at the you know, the third round, Aldo did a fantastic job of getting him to the ground and taking his back. And, it, you know, that was just kind of all she wrote for mm-hmm. that third and final round. And then Aldo fought. Um, I feel like that t- fight took place quite a bit on the ground as well um, in, some, yeah. in some places. And, you know, Aldo would be on top and Font just could not get him off. And I think mm-hmm. that's a staple to Aldo's jujitsu. And, dude, I just can't imagine how unbelievably strong Aldo oh, is. Oh, yeah. And, but, um, and, you know, it's just, you know, Aldo's boxing has just jumped up a lot as well. I mean, mm-hmm. he started training with, um, I think it's the Brazilian Marines or something like that, and he just kind of revitalized his whole approach. It's less, a lot less Muay Thai and a lot more boxing and using his jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. So going into this, I mean, I think they're both so good. I mean, nobody really has a, an inch on, I mean, one inch reach. There's no, like, big thing there. I think it's just going to be, can Rob Font, stop Cheeto from going forward and can Cheeto get past the jab that's how I look at this fight mm-hmm. yeah I see Cheeto I think he, especially with the leg kicks um I think he's going to be able to employ those fairly well and mm-hmm. then um I think if he gets it on the ground as well I think he's going to have the advantage because like I said he's got a couple submissions on his record um and I think Font I think Font lost a zombie somewhat recently oh no was it last mm. summer a couple summers ago Who am i thinking no he hasn't fought him who did zombie i'm thinking of somebody else he lost by he lost to pedro by sub but that was oh, okay um some years ago 2017 no i'm thinking i don't know who's i don't know who i'm thinking of with zombie beat but anyway um yeah so i see i see cheeto and i see it probably being a predominantly strike striking mm-hmm. battle um but yeah i think cheeto so i guess are we gonna are we gonna jump into our I'll picks go, yeah i'll go ahead and give my pick okay um you know, I don't think we've ever seen Cheeto go five. Nope. So well, Dave was Davy Grant five rounds. No, I don't think that was a main event. Can you get on your phone? Yeah, I'll ch- I'll check it out. But mm, it might have. It was three rounds. Okay, no, then he hasn't been five. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick Rob Font by unanimous decision. I think that he he uses that boxing really well, and I think he'll he'll. I mean, he's got to right the ship, right? You can't. He he didn't look great in that Aldo fight, so 
but he looked so good before. So sometimes guys just have a bad fight, and I think Rob Font, the performances he put on prior show a little bit more of what he actually does. And I do like Cheeto a lot, but I don't know, man. I, I thought Frankie was getting off really well on him, and I think Rob Font's obviously a faster, younger version of that, of being able to put that on him. Has, has Cheeto ever been finished? I don't think he has. Um, I'll just see. No. No? All okay. decisions. That makes me feel better. Well... Because Nate's not here. Where yeah. is Nate? Do we even know? He said he was glamping or something. Glamping? Yeah, it's like we like stay in like an RV or something. Instead of like camping and kind of tent. It's like you just drive out to the campsite and like sit in a big car essentially. Or like a trailer or something. Oh, wow. That sounds... I mean, I don't I don't really know. He never... I don't know if they're like doing skydiving or something. He never said it, so... <laughs> he's just not here. Him. Yeah. Okay, so since Nate's not here, that means, once again, he's given up his pick. You know, this is his fault. Yeah. So he can't blame anybody but himself for this. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we you know, jumped into the tool bag, and um, we, we decided we would let Chase, our yeah. buddy Chase, make this I think he'd pick. be happy with that. Yeah. I mean, he's a pretty knowledgeable. Chase is a pretty well-known MMA expert, so... Hopefully he remembers Nate ripping into him about his tournament when he makes this Ooh, pick. Good. Yeah, so the the pick he made was Cheeto, uh -huh. and interestingly enough, I don't think he gave us a round or a method, so mm. we're just going to pick for him. Okay. So um, we're going to go with Cheeto first round TKO. There you go. Because that's what, that's what Nate's getting. There you go, Nate. Cheeto first round TKO. Yeah. Um, so... Jumping to me, um, I yeah, man, I think Cheeto's not been finished. He's really tough. Um, mm -hmm. The fight with Aldo looked pretty good. I mean, he he definitely lost, but he looked pretty pretty decent in exchanges with Aldo, which is a hard thing to do. Mm -hmm. And um, he's got some sub wins, so I think I think Cheeto's on the rise, man. I think he might be a. I mean, he is a problem, but I think he's going to be an even bigger problem if he can get past Font. So I'm going to go with Cheeto. Um, I don't like the five rounds. I don't like that he hasn't been five. Um, but he, again, he's tough. He's got good cardio. So I'm going to say Cheeto third round submission. He's got some submissions in his, mm. in his trick bag, man. I think he yeah. might be able to pull something out. So. Font's pretty crafty too. He doesn't necessarily get the sub wins, but he's got some good grappling and Font's been five rounds his past two fights. So yeah, he has so a little bit more. He's got, the, he knows uh, what the waters are like. Yeah, exactly. Um, those are the only fights we're going to pick for, but um, co-main event, they have Andre Orlovsky and Collier. I think his name is Jake. Jake Collier. Yeah, Jake Collier. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, last time we seen him, I mean, he looked really good. Uh, his hands looked really good. Um, he had called out, I think he called out that Justin Taffa mm. and told him, like, make weight because obviously that's the guy who yeah, missed weight, missed <laughs> weight there. Um, you also have Andre Feely on here. He's fighting... Um, I feel like this guy's Grant Dawson. Yeah. Okay. Um, Darren Elkins, Indiana legend. He's yeah. fighting on there. He's on the main card. Uh, Gerald Marshart. He's on there. Yeah. Gerald Marshart's been in some fun ones lately, man. Yeah. Some of those come behind submission wins. Uh, Davison Figueredo's brothers fighting or cousin. I can't Ooh. remember. I think it's his brother. So yeah, there's. I mean, there's some really good fights on here. Oh, and um, Chase Sherman was supposed to fight that. Uh, let me see. Ranimov, uh, <laughs> Alexander Ranimov. He's fifteen and zero. Not a um, bad record. He was. I can't remember who he was supposed to fight, but the fight got canceled. And then, what's funny about Chase Sherman is he got cut 
and then they re-signed him. And he said he was making like double what he was making before. Wow. So he was supposed to be like got cut. And then now they, two days later, they were signing him back to do a replacement for this fight. And then something happened and he couldn't fight. But it got rescheduled for this week. So it must not have been nothing too crazy. Maybe he just couldn't make weight or something. Heavyweight's probably, it's probably tough to do that. But yeah, so that's um, that's UFC Fight Night Font versus Vera. It's going to be at the Apex. Um, prelims, 4.30. Main card, 7 o'clock. Early. Yeah, that means we're getting done at like 10. That's not bad, man. I like yeah, that. I like that a lot. Going so. to bed at a decent time. Yeah, so um, from that, uh, I want to talk to you about a couple things. All since right. we have some time. We're only 30 minutes in. So. I'm excited. Um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about, because I just wanted to get your opinion on, because um, I was watching um, people, t- I think it was somebody was talking with Joe Rogan about like what happens when like Gordon Ryan gets into MMA and like the stuff he presents and they start talking about the Rotolo brothers and like how they've been going at it like since a kid obviously you couldn't ask as a jiu-jitsu guy imagine having a brother your size train with you every day like you you have a training partner for life right right but it got me thinking cuz they've been doing jiu-jitsu since probably they could walk mm-hmm. you know other sports wrestling yeah. they start when they can crawl you know boxing we see i mean we have a gym here with some like High level kid boxer, like almost Olympic level, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, but MMA is still real new, and I don't know how the optic. I was wondering. Okay, I'm I'm asking you this: is do you think like MMA is a viable sport to start kids out in? Yeah, like because like the optic of it probably isn't great. No, the optic isn't great. So so I think that that where we're talking about matters. So I think like in other countries, Russia, for example, um, mm-hmm. Thailand, I think it's a bit more viable. I think in, in America, and not that this is necessarily wrong, but we have a very big, you know, optics are a big part of it, but mm-hmm. with like football and concussions and CTE, we have a lot of concerns, right? We're mm-hmm. very aware of injuries and the health of our kids, which again, right. that's not a bad thing. But I think if we can get past the optics, like you said, Man, it's really not bad. Jiu-jitsu, for example, is a fantastic sport for kids, mm-hmm. right? And it's very safe. I mean, at a young, young age, they're yeah, they can jump on things, and they're still learning balance, but they're Gumby, right? Kids right. are Gumby. Um, same thing, you move to striking. You just talked about kids that box. Um, mm-hmm. Boxing is a sport that we teach kids all the time from a very young young age up. Right. And we, can, we can control a lot of it. So I think so, man, because you don't have to go nuts. You don't need your 7-year-old training five different disciplines every week i mean mm-hmm. get them into wrestling get them into jujitsu and get them into a boxing gym that's that's where you can start yeah and that's a fantastic place to start to start and then if they like it you know and they keep going and they build then you can start throwing in a little bit of the muay thai the kickboxing the mm-hmm. the judo or whatever you want to throw in as a little bit of extra flavor but i think 100 percent, if, if we can if our society can get to a place where we don't look at it as just barbarians in a cage and now we're throwing kids in there and we can kind of look at the actual practices that are involved with it. Then mm-hmm. yeah, one hundred. Yeah, because I mean, kids do karate; they do all these yeah. things. What would be the minimum age? Because here's the thing: when you talk about boxing, kids do do it, but a lot of times they're doing like headgear, yeah, stuff like that. Some of that's not necessarily as applicable for MMA. Um, but it's well, but I would say it is because in some level you're teaching you're teaching head movements and you're teaching the yeah. four punches. You're yeah. not sparring. Yeah, maybe maybe a little bit. But well, I'm just saying in these all these other sports, kids actually compete. Yeah, so yeah. it gets a little bit more difficult MMA because like some things don't quite work. Like, I mean, can you imagine trying to so, like do a choke with headgear and gloves? Sure, it'd probably be a little bit difficult. Right. So 
I I would say when's like the when would you say is the like age ten year old you'd be like oh yeah to throw them into a match like, like, they like an do, MMA fight. yeah they can do MMA um I think if they have headgear on gloves and shin pads I'd be cool with yeah I'd be cool with like ten and older yeah but from from let's say three up to ten you know you can get them hitting pads wrestling yeah classes I think classes and drilling and stuff is fine at any level I was just wondering what your take was because like like I said you see. You know, kids play all sports from a very young age, especially even combat sports. Mm-hmm. But like I know now, like you know, for like baseball, for instance, a lot of like lead, like major league coaches and and scouts and trainers are telling like these like minor league and kid coaches, like you need to like put these kids on like a pitch count because you're running them through the wall and they're getting Tommy John surgery by 16, 17. Wow. Because they've just been, you know, they're throwing these full games and they're all throwing real hard. I mean, nowadays, like, there's 16-year-old kids that can probably throw 100 miles an hour. That's nuts. Yeah, it's it's different. Yeah. But you think, like, you know, you know the injuries that come with wrestling or jujitsu or, yeah, I mean, you know, head damage from, like, boxing and something yeah. thing like that. So I was just wondering what your take was as somebody who kind of has a little bit of a spectrum on it. Yeah, I think, man, the the... The really gray area is when you start throwing in parents and mm-hmm. coaches and how much of a responsibility or role do you have to protect the kid? You know, how much of that's the coach? How much of that's the parent? How much of that? You know, because some parents, you've got the parents who are up in the stands and they're coaching their kids and they're mm-hmm. yelling at the refs. And then you have other parents who are stepping aside and, you know, letting the coaches do their thing. And, you know, sometimes the parents are running through the kid, you know, running the kid through extra drills at home. And it's like, yeah, I think the more that kind of stuff comes into play, the more wear and tear, obviously, you're putting on the kid. Well, what do you think about, you know, how that can affect a kid as far as, um, you know, mentally, as far as like getting beat up? I mean, you know, in, and I say that because look, at, you ever been to a t-ball game? There's like maybe one serious kid. The rest of them, <laughs> they don't care. They get to run the bases. You know, they pick up the ball and throw it somewhere. Yeah. Um, kid basketball games are horrible. Yeah. The worst thing you could ever watch. Half of them can't even get it up to the rim. You know, they're just kind of turning the ball over, throwing it out of bounds a bunch. But then you got that one kid who's shooting threes right. and like crossing but over. Usually that kid, his parents are making him do the extra drills or yep. a little bit more. I mean, you see it all the time with top level athletes. Their parents are a little bit more um, strict. But then you see it happen and kids aren't really that good and it never really pays off. But I just, I, I think, you know, wrestling, I, and I think it, I mean, wrestling and jujitsu, I think those type in boxing are the same. I just wasn't. I, thinking about like his little kid like just getting beat up and then afterwards like the other kids cheering and blah 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 I just I don't know it's just kind of a weird once again optic yeah I mean so wrestling and boxing and jiu-jitsu losing in those I haven't of, seen a lot of kids wrestle and do jiu-jitsu very much so I don't know yeah. their reaction so man I think because when you lose a baseball game or you lose a football game or a soccer game, you lose as a team, right? Right. You go out there, well, Jimmy wouldn't pass the ball. Or, right. Or, you know, Johnny was just, you know, hogging everything, whatever. But when you go out there and lose on the mat or in a ring, there's not a whole lot you can put that on. Right. right? You know it's because this kid was better than you or you did something wrong. Or, mm-hmm. So there's a lot. In, in some ways, that's a good thing, right? Because it teaches mm-hmm. the kids, you know, take a little bit of ownership and we got to work on some stuff. But on the other man, that's a, that can be a lot to put yeah. on a kid. But... You know, I think I think, it, and this is getting the parenting stuff, but I think in the long run that can be a good thing. Now, if right. you're like that parent who's just an, you know, a jerk, yelling at your kid, because yeah, he lost. You know, we got to take a step back sometimes and think about why you're you're having your kid do some stuff. Is it because you're trying to live vicariously through them, or right? Is it because you think this is a good thing for your kids? So mm-hmm. I think it depends. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting because you know, 
a lot of times you can see, um, you know, even just in grown men, you know, you see a guy who's one. I mean, I talk about it all the time. I'm a huge Hennon Burrell fan, but something happened to him when he lost that he was never able to get it back. And, I mean, you see a lot of uh, – even fighters get a lot of, like, sports psychologists to try to work through things. Sure. Um, I just wasn't sure how you felt like that would be for kids because, I mean, we, we live in – especially now, we live in an era of participation trophies and everybody gets a ribbon. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, now nowadays T-ball games, I think they, they kind of make it to where everybody gets to do something – like everybody gets to bat, everybody gets to like score type of thing. I think there's some good things with some of that, but I think a little, for the most part, they tend to go a little overboard with yeah. a lot of that stuff. All right. Well, that's just something that was on my head. Another thing we're going to talk about, because Nathan's not here, is I was thinking about this the other day at work. And uh, like extra powers, like non-appliable powers away, who's like two or three guy, like characters and like, marvel or anime that you think would just be like a boss at jujitsu so like taking away their powers oh not necessarily all their powers like superman you're not gonna like using like your like your eye beams or whatever the lasers that's not really as practical but like i guess being able to manipulate gravity that's probably a good one or like the hulk being able to continuously get stronger the more his adrenaline goes like those are appliable but certain things like storm causing like lightning to come down like that's i mean in a role you can't necessarily do that i mean my answer is gonna be so boring because i've thought about this so I'm glad you thought about it because I, <laughs> I spent a lot of time so it's tough too because my guys don't particularly have powers mm. so okay so like look at i gotta go with my guy right so captain america right right so the dude is a tactical tactical i use that word on purpose genius meaning mm-hmm. that he's able to strategize and combat and warfare all the time like he's one of the best i mean this right. you're talking about a dude who led marvel and dc characters in or the justice league rather in a in a battle against an entire you know civilization of, of aliens because mm-hmm. you know, he was this best tactician right so i think him because a he's trained jujitsu and all other forms of martial arts so applying his tactical abilities to the jujitsu plus he doesn't get tired right he mm-hmm. can't can't get tired so you add that in there i think he's a monster um but then you throw in like the hulk one was actually a good example now that i'm thinking about it because yeah, imagine just, like you're going for a choke you're when you're in that situation your adrenaline starts going mm-hmm. now he's just getting stronger and stronger <laughs> i don't know though because yeah but I, for now i i would say cap it's definitely up who's there somebody from anime you think baki yeah oh baki, yeah 100 percent so mine, uh, my anime pick is Piccolo because all of his limbs stretch. Yeah, that's a good point. So like you can never, and he's like, he's like six eight. And he <laughs> he wears like weighted head dresses and shoulder pads and stuff. Like he's right. just constantly ready. Like two hundred pounds worth of weights right. that he's, he just carries around. He's underrated in my opinion, but I just feel like the fact that he can like not only stretch his limbs, but you could break them off and he can regrow them. Yeah. Just going the DBZ route, Vegeta, because he's so short and stocky, mm-hmm. could you imagine him getting a hold of, like, a Kamor or something? Just Majin like, Buu. Ooh, that'd be a good one. That'd be that's a big guy. Yeah. Uh, my uh, Marvel one is definitely the Juggernaut. What do you think one's in a jiu-jitsu match, Juggernaut or Hulk? Because you can't choke Juggernaut. No, that's what I'm saying. He has the helmet, so you can't choke him. And his whole thing is momentum. Once he's, I mean, the Hulk's been able to reroute him a couple times. When you talk about in a strict jiu-jitsu match, you can't, like, punch him or kick him. He's coming at you. I don't know. You just got to get out of the way. Yeah. Juggernaut's one of my favorite characters, too, though. Really? Yeah. He's a good one. I feel like they really messed him up, though, when they had, uh, 
Oh, who played him? Uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, man, I can't remember his name. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah. How do you think Batman would do? I think his strategies would being able to like strategize people. Here's the problem good? with Batman. Everyone likes to be all over Batman because whatever. I don't think they have any good reasons. But Batman's just. I think Dan actually said this in his podcast. We did with the mm-hmm. interview. We did with him. He's a poor man's Iron Man. Yeah, that's what he is, right? I mean, you take away his utility belt and his money. I think he should get a little bit more credit than Iron Man, only because Iron Man fights people in a suit. He's at least fighting people hand to hand. Yeah, like without the aid of yeah. armor. But that's why you get the poor man's Iron Man, right? Yeah, because he still uses technology, tools, money. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Panther would probably be another good one. Oh yeah, Black Panther would be a, he'd be a monster. And his suit takes in energy and it can push it out. So if he's on bottom, he could pop you up. Mm-hmm. Spider Man. So strong, super small, agile. Yeah. He's he's probably like a spider monkey. I mean, Spider-Man, honestly, if we're thinking about it realistically, would probably be the best. Yeah, he's getting on your back very easily. He's getting on a leg. He's stronger than Cap. And his else. grip. I mean, he sticks to stuff, so. Yeah, that's yeah. actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, yeah that's probably the one. Spider-Man. Yeah, so. Yeah. All right, well, I just wanted to have some fun in that. We're going to get into some quick news. We're going on the news. Uh-uh. If you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. The news. <laughs> Nice. That never gets old. Never. It's probably the best thing Nathan's ever done. Yeah. Honestly, probably the most productive thing he's done for this podcast. Yeah. So, in the news, we have some Bellator results. Uh, Raytheon Stouts, um, he's the interim bantamweight champ, beats uh, Juan Archuleta, who um, I believe Sergio fought for his title or had to beat him in their the Grand Prix last year. Chris Cyborg wins last night. Um, wasn't very easy for her. No, it was a. They were like slugging it out against uh Arlene. I'm not even gonna try to say that. She's. It was in <laughs> Hawaii. That's um, fun. but I mean, you know, it's it's kind of crazy because obviously we've always gave Cyborg like some stuff about like, oh, you know, Amanda ran through you. You're not the same. And then we see Amanda lose, and it's like maybe some of these girls are just kind of catching up. Um, to make it something that's a little bit more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, you also had Patchy Mix winning. Uh, he beat Horaguchi, the one who um, – no, he's the one who Sergio beat for the belt. He used to be in the UFC. He fought Mighty Mouse. Um, that patchy mix, he's really close with that um, Jake Gallagher, I believe, the dude who's kind of like Conor S in oh, Bellator. Okay, I was <laughs> – yeah, I'm thinking of Jack, uh, that Jack Swagger dude. Oh, That's yeah. what popped into my head. No, but this patchy mix, probably one of the cooler names in MMA. Yeah. But he um, he won by decision, but he's he's a submission guy. Um, also you had Liz Carmouche beating Juliana Velasquez. Wow. Uh, fourth round TKO. I didn't get to check it out, but I did see a lot of people, um, getting on your boy Beltran, uh, saying that he had a bad call. He called it a TKO and I don't know if it was, she was like really hurt or I, I didn't see all the context of it, but he was also the one who refereed Pitbull and AJ McKee's first fight and Pitbull thought he was still in it and he well, got he stopped got too early. Yeah, man. I don't know. I feel like when you ref for a long time, man, like you're bound to make bad calls. Like Herb Dean with the, you know, Asker and Lawler thing. But here's the thing. Compare the number of bad calls to all the good ones. No, for sure. You know? Yeah. Um, we also had um, some boxing. Tyson Fury winning, beating Dylan White. Um, he kind of was kind of was just kind of light at first. And then did you see the uppercut? No. I did not see. He hit him with he hit him with a left and then a right uppercut and kind of pushed him afterwards. Like he hit him with the uppercut and pushed him back like he was going to try to throw another one, but it just knocked that Dylan White clean out. He tried to stand up and stumble. 
Um, his entrance was probably one of the greatest entrances I've ever seen in any sport. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, he, in the UK, like, this was his big homecoming fight. Yeah. Um, he wanted it to be, obviously, uh, Anthony Joshua. Stuff happened that didn't get a chance to happen. He talked all this stuff about retiring, and then he calls Francis Ngannou into the ring. Talk about that. Um, he calls him up there, and he says, we're going to find out who the baddest mother effer on this planet is. Whoa. Um. So and, we're doing an MMA fight? I don't know. What? <laughs> well, I think what I read is they're trying to do like a mixed rules of basically boxing with MMA gloves. I don't like that. That's I'm, not That's not mixed rules to me. I, I don't know what they're going to do. If you're going to make it a, a boxing MMA cross, you have to at least allow one type of kick. Well, if I, you're not going to allow any grappling exchanges. Yeah, well, I think if you're going to do... If you're going to try to do a happy medium, it's just kickboxing. Yeah. Because you can clinch there. You clinch in boxing, too. You just have to worry about kicks and elbows and knees. Um, but it, Tyson Fury seems very, very confident. Francis, obviously, is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. And here's the thing. He say he doesn't re-sign with the UFC. He goes out there, boxes Tyson Fury, win or lose. Does Dana say no to bringing him back after that? Probably because it's Dana. But I mean, especially like imagine if John Jones ends up getting to the belt and you know he gets past two of Asa and Aspinall. Yeah. And we're sitting here looking at like, oh man, John Jones. You know he's about to go out. We need another big fight. Yeah, Francis over here in the wings that just went through a boxing match. Maybe. Or imagine if he beats Tyson Fury. He finds a way to land one of them big crazy shots. Now you have the baddest man in the planet just floating out there. You're gonna have to pay him a hundred percent big money mm -hmm. but then like now you have the big draw i mean maybe i mean definitely i think the bigger point there is it definitely helps in Ghana in terms of the draw because it's mm -hmm. gonna you're just gonna have such a spotlight on him right um and not that he's not a draw now i think i think in Ghana is really underrated mm -hmm. undervalued by the ufc for sure but yeah i mean a, a win or a fight against fury definitely would push him up there mm -hmm. yeah I, i'm and i like and here's my thing i know as an mma fan i want him to fight gone again i want him to fight john jones i want him to fight two of us mm -hmm. but i know the type of money he's going to get from fighting tyson fury is astronomical in comparison yeah i mean you just can't compete with the type of purses that boxing can put together because they know how to promote they have that type of following yeah sponsorships even i mean a lot of these guys are like top level boxers are sponsored by like rolex and hublot and wow. like crazy huge companies um just because it's a it's a global thing, mm -hmm. you know. MMA is big globally, but it's not like what boxing is. Not yet. It's also a lot newer. Yeah. Right? So that's part of it. And and as much as you know, Nathan's been very vocal about his hate of multiple belts. I hate the different promotions and all the belts, but that's what allows them to be so spread out because you can have a title fight in the Philippines and a title fight in Vegas, and it doesn't. You don't have to just hope that that champion can fight multiple times a year. Cause there's a little bit more belt split out. So I think that's probably the only positive I could think of with that. Mm, that makes sense. Um, we also had some PFL results. Um, Antonio Carlos Jr. Um, he beat Dylan Monte with the fastest uh, finish in PFL light heavyweight history. Uh, he he dropped him and then put on a Dars. 28 oh, seconds. 28 seconds, huh? Yeah, that's... Bad. You don't... Dars is something that... I mean, I guess... It's a little bit easier in the sense of if you because he dropped him with the punch, he dropped him with the punch and he probably fell forward. But um, Antonio Carlos Jr. he was in the UFC. He was like Junior Dos Santos kind of protege. Struggled to get 
put together a lot of wins, but he's really shown up in PFL. Wow. Um, really starting to shine a little it's bit. It's like Corey Anderson, right? Just yeah. kind of make a little transition, and then you start blowing mm-hmm. up a little bit. Some of it's matchups. Some of it might be talent. You never know. But he's it's good for it's good to know that there's other outlets for some of these guys who are good, but just maybe not good enough to be the champions or the top five guys. Because sure. I still lo- you still want to see good fights. You yeah, know? and you want people to get paid and get what they deserve. So. And then what? Might be a fight of the year candidate outside of the UFC. Clay Collier beating Jeremy Stevens. Um, they just uh, they just clobbered each other <laughs> for the whole fight. Like it's basically Jeremy Stevens was like, "Oh, I'm ready to fight the rest of these guys because nobody else can take it except for him." Except for him. Yeah, That's Clay Collier is good though. If yeah. you if you look at it, he's probably been one of the more consistent guys. Um, real tough. Um, he just brings something really good to their lightweight division. So. Um, that was big. Um, there's some stuff in the news I wanted to talk about too. With um, I don't know if you've seen this, but because you know the the UFC is going to Singapore soon. That's the Yuri and Glover fight yeah. and a couple others. They're finally they're doing a Grand Prix. I don't know if you've seen anything about this. UFC announces Road to UFC Grand Prix featuring 32 fighters across four different weight classes, so eight fighters from each class, competing for a guaranteed spot on the UFC roster. The win in advance tournament kicks off June 9th in Singapore and designed to find the best up-and-coming fighters in Asia. So are those eight only competing against the eight for that division? So you have like yeah. four different Grand Prix, basically? Yeah, that's what it seems like. Okay. Uh, the weight classes are going to be flyweight, bantam, featherweight, and lightweight. Nice. Though it should be noted the upcoming tournament is restricted to male competitors it kicks off during the 275 fight week, which is the tournament there. The tournament semifinals and finals won't be held until later this year in Asia as well. Uh, participants will be sourced from Japan, Korea, Philippines, Thailand, Indonesia, India, and the UFC Academy in China. Um, each five-fight card staged in front of a live audience will also feature one non-tournament bout to provide additional opportunities for MMA prospects in Asia. Hmm. So they kind of basically described it as a mix of looking for a fight and the ultimate fighter. Interesting. Let's so, see how it goes. And, and I mean, UFC has never really done like a Grand Prix type of thing, but mm-hmm. it's probably one of those things where like looking for a fighter is easy in America, but Asia is so huge that you probably can't get to all these markets yeah. to scout. I mean, it's, it makes sense. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Um, uh, what else do I have here? Oh, um, Jake Paul. Um, he had a statement because Tommy Fury won on the undercard and obviously he was supposed to fight Jake Paul one time and then things right. change. Tommy Fury didn't look great though. A lot of people feel like he'd definitely lose. Um, he says, congrats on beating, cause I guess the guy that Tommy beat was 10 and one. He said, congrats on beating a 10 and one guy, but that stadium was empty. When I fight, the stadium is full. When Tommy fights, nobody cares. And that's in his home country. Let's see how Anderson Silva event does. Anderson Silva is going to be doing in, I think it's in the Abu Dhabi. It's like a exhibition match, and Floyd's going to be doing one on that same card. Wow. Um, the guy, I can't tell you. I don't really know the guys that are fighting. I didn't get a chance to screenshot it, but I know it's happening. But it's interesting because this is the first time he said Anderson Silva's name. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, well, people kept throwing him, throwing him Anderson's name, right? So he kind of right. has to address that at some point. Yeah. No, and, I mean, he's been on – you know, a lot of people have vouched for both Paul brothers. Um, Oscar De La Hoya's came out and said things. Um, he was on Teddy Atlas, who's a, a, a very respected like trainer and uh, commentator in boxing. So he definitely needs to start picking up the pace on finding somebody. Um, we have D- Dan Hardy and Diego Sanchez are going to be boxing in July. 
Um, That's an interesting one. Yeah, I, I never thought of Diego as a boxer. Dan Hardy has really good boxing, but I don't think it's going to go very well for Diego. No. <laughs> Not in boxing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, oh, Robert Whitaker pulls out with an injury. Um, it doesn't say what it was exactly. It says he'll be back in the octagon a couple months later, and he'll be even better. Marvin Vittori, obviously, he goes on to call out Hosma and Darren Till, telling them both to show up, and he'll fight them one at a time. The Darren Till fight would be a good one. Yeah. Good no, I don't think Till. that would be bad. I don't know if Till's all the way healthy, I guess. No, but the way Till's looks, man, he needs a big name. He needs somebody good. Yeah. So if you got somebody like Vittori calling you out, I would take it. Yeah. And, I mean, Till's recently came out and said that um, – Basically saying he knows the Adesanya fights a ways away. Like, he needs to get his stuff together yeah, and get he, some wins. Instead of trying to just ride the train, oh, yeah. But he did say that he feels like if he can get to there, he feels like he could beat him. But he was really realistic. I do too, man, but you got to get there. <laughs> well, and he just has, like, a, a like there's a whole compilation of him just beating people up and then losing. Yeah. I mean, that's kind yeah. of his problem. Paul Acosta comes out and calls out Marvin Vittori because that's the only fight he wants anymore. Um, he still thinks he's an 85er. That makes no sense. Which to me, it's so crazy because he has so many matchups at 205. I would just lean into that, but whatever. Um, did you see the Mike Tyson stuff? Something about him getting like a harass on So he, he gets on a plane. He meets this guy and his friend. He takes pictures with them, shakes their hand, talks to him for a little bit. They sit down. The friend sits next to Mike Tyson, or one guy sits next to Mike Tyson, and the guy sits behind him. Afterwards, the guy keeps like leaning over the seats, talking to Mike Tyson and stuff like that. And Tyson's like, "Hey, man, chill out. You know, I gave you your picture. You know, kind of leave it alone." Doesn't listen. Keeps doing it. Uh, I guess Tyson came out and said the guy threw a water bottle at him, like over the seat, because he was mad. I'm thinking he was drunk or something. Wow. Mike Tyson proceeds to stand up, turn around, and just start uppercutting this guy over the seat. Whoa. Um, and, and like the video of it, they're not like real big shots. It's like kind of like rabbit punches, but it's Mike Tyson. Yeah. Afterwards, you see this guy, like the side of his head's a little bit bloody, and he's looking there like, dang, I just got messed up by Mike Tyson. Um, obviously, everybody's like, yeah, why would you do that to Mike Tyson? Yeah, why would you throw a water bottle? Leave these fighters alone. Like people, This is what you should expect. You should yeah. expect to, if you mess with people who do that, especially Mike Tyson. It's not know? like he didn't know who he was. Right. He did it. I don't, I don't know. I have a thing about people who kind of try to do that type of stuff. Mm. I don't like it. Um, last couple things we have. Chael saying that Leon Edwards was willing to take his fight or show and win money to step aside for Connor. Pass. And then Leon comes out and says, What are you talking about, Chael? Yeah. Chael's on for you. But with Connor, we've seen crazy things. That's why I was like, Oh, man, I hope not. Um, fight announcement we got Uriah Hall and Andre Muniz. I don't know. I've never, I don't know how to say his last name. Muniz, I think. It's rebooked for UFC 276. Um, I know that uh, Till wanted Uriah Hall pretty bad, but obviously if Till's not ready, maybe if Uriah wins this, I don't know. No, it's not a bad one for Till either. Um, last thing I want to hit you with is I want to describe something to you real quick before we head out of here, and I want you to tell me what you think. Okay. This was a fight. I'm just going to read off the numbers, and you tell me who you thought would win. Based off the numbers. Based off of what I'm about to read out. Okay. Um, it was a three-round fight. Okay. Um. We'll say fighter red, significant strikes was 28 of 87, total strikes 46 out of 110, Take or knockdown zero, takedowns one of six, no reversals, no submission attempts, 17 seconds of control time. Okay. Fighter blue, uh, significant strikes 25 out of 101, uh, total strikes landed 33 out of 112, no knockdowns, 
0 for 13 on takedowns, no reversals, no submission attempts, four minutes of control time. So he had a little more control time. Yeah. Fire he, blue. Uh, Red outstruck him by a handful of strikes, landed one of six takedowns, didn't have as much control time, a little bit more accurate on the strikes. Blue was 25 of 100, so that's 25%. I'm going to um, guess what happened is blue won, and everyone thought red should have won. Right. Yeah. I'm just asking your opinion. Well, I didn't see the fight. But just based on those numbers, if I just told you. I mean, if I have to go with the numbers, I'm going to be leaning towards the better numbers. But it's not lost on me that people can get some control time at the end of a round, and that will change sort of the the, the outlook on the round. So I take a lot of those numbers with a grain of salt anyway. Mm -hmm. But I I see what you're saying. Like I get where that comes from. That fight was Gleason Tebow and Habib. Yeah. Gleason T-Bow was 1 for 6, and Abib was 0 for 13. I don't think he's ever not got a takedown. I'll come out right. I'll come right out and tell you that I thought Habib lost that fight. Yeah. I'll I, go back and watch I it. I just now. thought it was interesting because people don't people don't talk about it, and it's funny I've seen Gleason T-Bow because he's in PFL now. I guess whenever he runs into Habib, he'll do like a little joke like, hey, remember when I beat you, but they didn't <laughs> do it. But I just – I never – I mean, I knew that that fight was um, a closer one, and a lot of people thought Gleason won. I didn't realize that Habib didn't get one takedown. Nope, he actually got taken down. Oh, for thirteen, fight. yeah, he was. Yeah. He got one takedown, but it's like oh, for thirteen, like that's a, yep. you know, with some of these big name fighters, you see them have a performance where it's like, man, that was close. You almost didn't skate by on that one, and that yeah. one is one that, I bet you, Habib's like, man, I'm glad I didn't have to run into somebody like that again. Yeah, but Gleason Tebow's always been that type then, of a tough guy. Then Tony Ferguson goes out and submits him, and then Islam Makhachev beats him in a round. With yeah, him, you know? MMA math is fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all we got for you guys. Brandon, your song of the week. What do you got? Song of the week. So I might be going to a concert this in August. And uh, so it's actually a Machine Gun Kelly concert mm. with like Avril Lavigne and some mm-hmm. other people. So we're going to go with um, one of Machine Gun Kelly's newer ones, uh, Emo Girl. Nice. What's your uh, Emo Girl? What's your one for the people? One for the people. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I'm always bad at these, man. Well, okay. Um See, because I struggle with, like, with, should it be something that helps the people or just mm-hmm. something about me to tell the people? I don't know. I kind of try to mix it up. You just so, do what you want. I'm, I plan on competing June 25th. Nice. So, that's kind of been on my radar the next couple months. So, I've been really trying to, like, eat better and a little healthier. And I've actually lost almost 20 pounds Dang. in about three months. Nice. Just small dietary changes. Tell you what, man, just one portion size of food for every meal that's really it. And then yeah. I try to like limit soda, sugary soda stuff to like the weekends. Mm-hmm. And nice. it's been, it's been going well, man. So I feel like simplicity and consistency is key with nice. diets. My, uh, my one for the people, um, is, um, Ooh, I started watching this anime called rank of the ranking of Kings. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's pretty good. It's one of those ones that kind of seems like it's a little bit more little kiddish and then it kind of like turns up and gets a little dark, but it gets yeah. really cool. But the main character in it um, is a mute and he can't hear. Mm, so you got like a. So he like he's, he doesn't really say words, but there's like only like two characters who know what they're saying. But it's it's really good. How so ranking of, yeah, ranking of kings. Yeah, ranking of kings. I watch it on Funimation, but it should be on Crunchyroll and some of the other ones. So did you go see Northman yet? No, it's definitely on the list yeah, though. I haven't I've, seen it yet. I've heard it's really really good. Yeah, so I haven't seen it. So All right, well we love you guys. Uh, make sure you watch the fights. We'll, Nathan will be back and probably critiquing us, but yeah. I feel like we did pretty good. So yeah, I'm not even worried about it. Yeah, we'll leave you a note back, boy. Yep. That's all we gotta say to you guys. Man. That's it.
you know, Mother's Day's coming up. Love your moms and yeah. get her a present. Get her some flowers or something. Kay's Jewelers always does like a little little necklace. Can't go wrong with some chocolates and flowers. Yeah. Can't go wrong. Or write them a song. Macaroni necklace. You never know. Yeah. Peace out. We love you.